Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. uncomfortably hot. The summer in Hirondale was really starting to kick in with its oppressive heat that pressed into your lungs and made it harder to breathe, made you think about the next time you'd be able to get a drink. They were inside, away from any kind of direct sunlight, but the heat of it still licked across his skin all the same. Despite his forward planning, the way he deliberately wore light flowing clothing like many of the locals did, The heat was still pressing in on him, and it made him concerned about how the height of summer would feel. Of course, it wasn't just the temperature that added to that itching feeling crawling across his skin. Time seemed to stretch out in front of him. It had happened to Caelan a few times before, and each and every time had been worse than this one. He supposed he should really be thankful for that. Things could always be much worse. Much worse than the way Micah was staring at Lynn open-mouthed, the way Cassie clasped hold of the elf's shoulders as if he was the last connection she had to Hiroki. Kaelin supposed, in a way, he was. Lynn's wide eyes darting around the room, trying to take in all the information, trying to form some sort of a plan going forward. Kaelin had never been one for feeling betrayed in general. He would be honest, it wasn't really something he had actually felt before. He had never really gotten close enough to anyone except Liliana, and she had never betrayed him. Even now... He wasn't sure that he felt betrayed by Lynn. Confused, maybe, but not betrayed. Despite everything, he knew that Micah would want to ask questions. He also knew that Micah would not be very good at asking those questions, not in any meaningful way. Not if the way his brain was currently buffering had anything to do with it. Why didn't you tell us? That your sibling was Hiroki, he finally asked, trying to keep his voice level. Panicking Len wouldn't do any good, poor man was already anxious enough with Cassie being here. There was nothing that Caelan wanted less than making him run away. That was always how Hiroki used to deal with his problems. What if Lynn took after him in that regard? That was another thing he was going to have to contend with now, he guessed. Wondering just how many of Hiroki's eccentricities rubbed off on Lin. I... Lin started, eyes still locked with Cassie's the way a deer's locked with a lion. I didn't... We should go somewhere that isn't just the foyer. 
Cassie added finally, sighing as she pulled Lynn into another hug. One more comfortable than desperate, one that was there to relax. A mother's hug. Micah, baby boy, could you please show me where the living room is? And that at least seemed to pull Micah out of his shock, finally snapping his mouth shut with a small knot. Kalen made his way over to Lynn slowly as if he was approaching a spooked animal, resting his hand gently on his elbow. Lynn leant into it whether he knew it or not. It was a good sign, at least, that a part of him knew that Kalen was still safe wasn't going to hurt him. Kalen wasn't sure what he would do if Lynn didn't find that sanctuary in him anymore. Michael led them all up the stairs, Lynn's hand finding Kalen and squeezing it as tight as he physically could, which, in all fairness, wasn't particularly tight. Cassie's eyes never stood still as they ascended the staircase, wandering over the gilded banisters and the fancy portraits. Kalen could understand, he really could. Even the simple decor of his family's houses had always amazed her. This must have been an entirely different world to her. world that Lynn belonged to. The world that Hiroki had belonged to. That was still baffling to think about. Hiroki had been a law unto his own. He was always bright and lively and far too loud. Kalen couldn't imagine him in this mansion at the stuffy formal events that Lynn had told him about, or the fancy clothes and uptight traditions that ran alongside lives like these. Hiroki had lied, told them he had been the child of a wealthy merchant, and that had never seemed quite right, but it seemed closer than this, somehow more believable. Would Kalen have ever believed him if he had told the truth about where he had came from? Or would he have questioned it a lot earlier? He couldn't tell. Lynn had dragged him over to the sofa, almost pulling Kalen down onto it as his legs finally gave out and he collapsed down. Kalen balanced himself fairly easily, sitting down next to him and pulling his hand into his lap. Micah took a seat in the sofa opposite him, Cassie sitting just as close to him. Kalen watched Micah's tail wrap around his mother like it had done since he was a child. A small comfort at odds to the way his ears were almost at his shoulders and his eyes stared big and wide with something Kalen couldn't name. They sat there for a while, no one wanting to speak, no one wanting to rush Lynn into something that he was so obviously struggling with. For the second time today, the world seemed to slow down, the four of them in silence with nothing but their thoughts. A part of Kaylin knew that it was somewhat of a bad idea, both Micah and Lynn had a tendency to let their thoughts run away with them. When Lynn finally spoke, it was quiet, slow and stilted, like he was choosing each individual word carefully and deliberately. But despite the volume and the tone, it filled the room like it was laced with magic. Everyone who heard it hung on every single word, almost breathing in time as if anything other would break the spell and ruin the moment. 
His name was Hirochi. When I was a baby, I couldn't get my mouth around it, so we called him Ro. Len started, eyes staring at the floor in front of him instead of meeting anyone else's. Later on, when he went to war, he changed his name. See, he met some humans. Some humans that he was sure would hate him, and who misheard his name the first time he introduced himself. And Ro... Ro was terrified. That if he kept correcting them, they would think less of him. Assume he was too high maintenance, too hard to get along with. So he stuck with Hiroki. When we ran away, when... We decided to join the war, we weren't... My father wouldn't allow it. Ro had been sold to the university as a tactical expert, and I was to stay home to help with the family business. I couldn't cast magic, why would the army want me? But Ro... Ro knew he would be more useful on the front lines. We had to make sure our father wouldn't find us, or we would be dragged back kicking and screaming, so... We chose a fake surname, Alenway, and told people we were from a merchant family from the Bellator Forest. It was the middle of wartime, no one cared enough to check. It was it was supposed to only be temporary until the end of the war. I never knew then that Roe would never be coming back. It felt like the whole room took a breath. Cassie was staring at Lynn, and Kaylin wondered if she could work out the humans he was talking about included her. Cassie had never been the smartest woman. It wouldn't surprise him if she didn't. I was in charge of a lot of troop movements, deciding where to send soldiers. Roe forced me not to take his life into consideration, to send his company wherever they would be of most use, and not to worry if it killed him in the process. And that was hard. So hard, but I agreed on a condition. I didn't want to know the names of anyone else I was sending to their deaths. That was how I lived with myself, how I slept at night. If I worked with bigger picture units, pieces on a board, I could do what was best for the war effort. But that meant that I didn't know the names of the new family he found. Meant I never knew your names. He finally sighed, looking up at the three of them. When did you figure it out? Micah asked, voice far away and unsure as to whether to ask the question they were all thinking. As if by asking he would somehow ruin something between them all. I... I think I've known for a while. Lynn sighed, rubbing his thumb over Kaylin's fingers in some attempt to get rid of his nervous energy. I can't really pinpoint an exact time, just this niggling feeling in the back of my head that I tried my hardest to ignore. I... When you first spoke about the Firewalkers, I guess I knew that it was a possibility. It wasn't a huge unit. What were the chances of there being two sets of people matching that exact description? But I 
held out hope because because I didn't think I could face it knowing you were his because he paused again looking up at the ceiling anything to avoid making eye contact his ears were usually so static so unexpressive for elf ears but now they would drop low to his shoulders and pin back against his skull Kaelin knew if he was given the chance he would be curled up as small as was physically possible, preferably behind something or in a small space. I knew I lied about his funeral. He was never... He wasn't there at his real funeral, even though now I knew you weren't there, obviously, you didn't know he was a chasso, and I felt guilty about it. I was... For a while, I was worried you didn't know he was dead. And then after that, I knew it had gone on too long, and I had no idea how I would bring it up. I couldn't just casually do it over dinner, or drop it into a conversation, so... I just left it. It was a bit of a panic when you mentioned Cassie was coming, and it was tempting then. But... I kind of hoped it had been so long that she had forgotten what I looked like. We only met twice, and not for very long, so... I'd hoped... I had hoped that she wouldn't recognise me. You... haven't... aged a day. And... I never forget a face. Cassie replied softly when... It was apparent Lynn had finished. It was obvious that neither she nor Micah blamed Lynn didn't hold anything against him for lying. If it could really be called lying, yes, he had omitted a lot of information, but technically they had never really asked for it, so could he really be blamed? Where is he? Micah asked, just as quietly in a deathly silence fell over the room for a moment. We never... We never got to say goodbye, never had a proper funeral. Where did you bury him? There were another few moments, another stretch of silence as Lynn thought over his words again. I... I didn't bury him. He wanted... He wanted to be satellite and sent over the waterfalls, Cassie filled in, wrapping her arm around Micah and rubbing his biceps. We saw a clan, back in the war, who did the same thing, but sent out to sea. He always said he wanted to go over a waterfall. You know, we should have figured out there that there were no waterfalls in the Bellator. But there are plenty in Hirondale, Lynn concluded with a sad smile. Micah's face was unreadable, torn between a muted happiness that Hiroki had gotten what he wanted and a devastating sadness that he wouldn't be able to visit the grave of someone so close to him. I have a small memorial, where I sent him over the edge, Lynn added, obviously seeing the look on Micah's face. If you wanted me to take you there, down by the river at the end of the garden... That's where you go when you go for walks in the woods, Micah said out of nowhere, making Kaelin raise an eyebrow, but 
This wasn't the place to question why he was asking it. What? Yes, Lynn responded, that same confused expression that Kaelin somehow knew was on his own face. I would really appreciate it if you could show me. Carsey smiled, leaning forward and stretching across the space between them to gently rub Lynn's thigh. Lynn did nothing but nod. Part of Kaelin wondered if he could even speak at all. The clearing was beautiful. Kaelin had lived here long enough to know that Lynn had never really been one for gardening, going to the lengths of hiring druids from a small shop in the centre of town to tend to the plants in the surrounding area. But there was a part of him that knew that Lynn wouldn't let anyone else here. This clearing was Lynn's work, and Lynn's work alone. The grass here was well tended, not yellowing at all like the rest of the lawns in the Hirondale heat. It felt soft under Kaelin's shoes, a different breed of grass that was almost inviting him to walk barefoot through it. It made a lot of sense. Hiroki had always fought barefoot, had mostly been barefoot. He had said that it was a cultural thing, something he had learnt from his parents, but that seemed like another lie right now. A small part of Kaelin was wanting to remove his shoes out of reverence anyway. The grass stayed healthy all the way up to the river, where it was replaced by golden sand and beautiful clear waters. There were flowers dotted around, some that Kaelin had never seen before. Some looked like small flames, swaying slightly in the breeze and making them look like candles. Some were a shimmering gold, dancing and glittering in the sunlight that filtered its way through the canopy above. There were flowers that he recognised too, lavender and daisies and sunflowers reaching up towards the sky. But it was the middle of the clearing that drew his attention, that drew everyone's attention. Two curving blades were stuck into the ground close to the river, crossing over close to the bottom. Kaelin recognised them as some of the blades that Hiroki had used most often, curved and gold and sharp enough to slice through a grown man in one swing. It was strange, seeing them not in motion. When he was alive, Hiroki would constantly move them, either fiddling with them on his hip or twirling them around to build up magic. They would shift and glint in the flames that Hiroki blended them with, deadly and beautiful and perfect. It seemed wrong, watching them stilled and muted. Cassie and Micah were almost gravitated towards them, walking over slowly, hand in hand. Kaelin stayed back with Lynn, his own hand in his, trying to give them some form of privacy. It was true, he missed Hiroki terribly as well, but it seemed like they should have this time to themselves. He could see the tears streaming down their cheeks even from here, silently crying over what they had lost almost nine months before. Cassie sank to the ground first, crossing her legs in front of the swords as Micah followed behind her, almost in her lap. His tail was immediately wrapped around her back, pulling her in tight as he leant his head onto her shoulder, and his arm followed his tail. 
Hi, Hiroki, Kasi said, and she even got to the last syllable before her voice broke. Hi, Hiroki, Micah followed, and his voice didn't break solely because he was crying from the start. It's been a very long time, hasn't it? Cassie continued, resting her head on top of Micah's easily. I have missed you more than words could say. I never thought that you would cross to the other side before I did. There was a tug on his hand and Kaelin watched as Lynn turned and left the clearing. There was a moment, a moment, where he debated which way he should go. In the end, he knew that he would rather not leave Lynn alone, especially not now, and turned to follow him. It had been a hard, impossible day. One that he wished would end, but knew it would stretch on for another few hours or so. All he could do now was make sure the rest of it went as smoothly as possible.